The following presentation is from Mountain Park Community Church in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Mountain Park, along with additional audio and visual teachings, visit mountainpark.org. So glad that you're here. Uh, once again, welcome. My name is Alan. Our theme for this year is something new. I did something new yesterday, something I've never done before. I went to the Barrett Jackson car auction, which, uh, yeah, it's wow, is that I love cars, and I've lived here for 11 years, and I've never gone to the auction. This thing is unbelievable. I thought I had seen it all. I'd been there for four hours, and I didn't know there were three huge tents out back, so I'm like running up and down because I didn't want to miss any car. I mean, just an amazing collection of pieces of, of art uh, from, from history, and just absolutely love it. I did... Uh, witnessed something, though, with the auction that I thought maybe we could try something new here in terms of, uh, of our offering. And so uh, 30, 30, do I hear 30, 30, 35, 35, 35, 40, 40, 40, do I hear 45, 45? I'm going to try it next week, see if we can uh, bump up our giving. We'll see how that happens. I think we can make that work. But again, the theme this year is something new. We as a church are going to be experiencing numerous something news here in 2017, our new facility is being built, and uh, the plan still is to move into that at the end of August, and uh, we're shooting towards that, excited about that, and uh, there's other new things, other something news. We have some new staff we're going to introduce to you uh, with more detail over the next few weeks, excited about that. We as a country are experiencing uh, new things. Uh, this week, we have a new president. Yes, it happened. It actually happened. And so we have a new leader of the country that we can continue to pray for. And, uh, and our hope is that, is that you this year would be open to something new, to trying something new, to being a part of something new. With all of this new going on, we, we, we considered the idea of change as a theme for 2017, but most of us have kind of a negative response to change. Ah, I don't like change, but, but we like something new. We like new shiny stuff that doesn't have other people's boogers on them. And so we are going after something new here in 2017. Last week, we looked at the story of Noah and the ark. And the story is that God wanted to wipe clean uh, the, the face of the earth and start and make a new start with Noah and his family. Today, we are going to look at, the story, at a story later on in the book of Genesis a story of Abraham and the start of a new nation, that God invited Abraham to be the father of a great nation. And our point today is that you and I don't have to do life on our own. We don't have to figure out how to overcome the mistakes we've made in the past, how to figure out what it means to connect with God, to follow God, to understand God, to get deeper in our relationship with God. We don't have to do that on our own, that we get to do that together. Today is what we call, we've called Launch Sunday or Connect Sunday, and the idea is that there are a number of groups that are going to be starting up in about a week, a variety of groups, and at the end of our time, I'm going to end early, yay, so that you can have a little bit of extra time in the lobby to meet with leaders of these groups and ask questions so you can learn more about a possibility for you to do life together with some other people sitting around you who are as great as you are. So that's the point. That's where we're going today. Uh, and the pathway to that is this idea of Abraham and a new nation. As we head in that direction, would you bow your heads with me and pray? 
Father, we are thankful once again to be in this place that uh, many of us come from a number of different angles, uh, physically and, and emotionally and spiritually, and yet you have assembled this group here in this place for a reason, for a purpose. We believe that you are here, God, and so we invite you to come and speak to us profoundly through your word. Would your truth and your grace pour mightily into this room, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me ask you, uh, where did Jewish people come from? So French people come from France, and Chinese people come from China, historically, in terms of the, 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 the race. Now, obviously, in terms of um, when you talk about Jewish, there's the uh, faith, and there's also there's the race. In terms of the race, where did Jewish people come from? Israel, right. There's not a, I mean, people come from Israel. When did Israel become a country? When did Israel become a nation? Got it, 1948, uh, that's right, which might be a surprise to some, to some of you here, that Israel, this very historical nation, didn't become a nation until 1948, within some of our lifetime here represented in this room, 1948. Now, if we go all the way back to the time of Jesus, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was here, that part of the world was occupied by the Roman Empire, but Israel was predominantly... Uh, inhabited by Jewish people. It, it was filled with Jewish people, but it was occupied by the Roman Empire. Now, lo not long after that, just a few centuries after that, it became predominantly Christian because of the influence, the miraculous influence of the disciples, the followers of Christ. That area became predominantly Christian. Centuries later, after the Crusades, after the eventual uh, defeat of the Christians by the uh, Muslims that became predominantly a Muslim area. And it had been for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. In the late 19th century, there was a movement called Zionism where Jewish people who had been scattered throughout the world, predominantly Europe and Russia, they decided they wanted to go back to Israel. So there was this Zionist, Zionism movement of people coming back to Israel. Then there was World War I and World War II. And after World War II and the world's realization of the, the Holocaust and all that had happened there and the involvement of the United Nations, hundreds of thousands of Jewish people returned to Israel. And over the next few years, uh, many Arabs left Israel and Many Jewish people were flooding back into, into Israel until they gained their independence in 1948. Now, just because they weren't legally recognized as a government until 1948, well, certainly doesn't mean that, 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 that the nation started in 1948. For that, we have to go way back, way back, even before the time that Jesus was there, thousands of years before that, into the book of Genesis. As I said, last week we talked about Noah. Noah and his family, uh, the, the, the waters recede and the boat lands, and Noah and his family start, they do something new. God wants to do something new with, with them. And they start to repopulate the planet. And over a 400-year period, after 10 generations, then we find the story of Abraham, God calling Abraham. In the 
11th chapter of Genesis, we get some details about Abraham's family. That Abraham, uh, Abraham's father had three sons. His first son died young. He had children, but he died young. His second son married one of the daughters of the son who died. And then there's Abraham, who was married to Sarah, and Sarah was either his biological sister or another daughter of the son who died. Now, I know that kind of sounds like a Star Wars plot. You know, I am your father, and this is your sister, and this is your cousin, and, and you know, this is, you know, we're all related. Everybody in the story is related. Uh, but they only had so much to work with. They only had so many people on the planet to work with. And so this is the story that we find ourselves in. Nonetheless, God chose Abraham through whom he would start a new nation. Then we get into Genesis chapter 12, which is a, a very important few verses in there. It's the covenant that God makes with Abraham to say, I'm choosing you and I will start a new nation through you. Genesis chapter 12 begins in verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Go from your country to the land I will show you. Now, Again, the point today is that we don't have to do life alone. We don't have to figure this thing all, all out by ourselves. That that's, that's the struggle of the pre-Noah journey, is that they hadn't gathered together as a group, as a nation. And so God was saying, I'm going to do something different. They are going to be a nation, a gathering together. You don't have to do this alone. But before Abraham could go into that experience, he needed to leave the people that he had deep relationship with. He needed to leave his country, his people, and your father's household. He needed to leave a group of people that were significant to him. It's all about priorities. It's about how, how do we rank priorities in terms of relationships that are so important to us and how that flows with the calling that God has for our lives. What I mean by priorities is that what I think we see in this verse here is that our friendships and our relationships with our greater family, they need to submit to the purpose or the calling that God has for our lives. They need to submit to the purpose or calling that God has for our lives. In fact, if I kind of walk out relationships and calling, I think that family, uh, 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 greater family and friendships need to submit to the purpose and calling that God has for us. And our purpose and calling needs to submit to our immediate family, to our spouse and our kids. Needs to submit. The word submit means under, that a submarine is underwater, that a sub sandwich is not as good as a hamburger. So it's under. That's, that's what that means. And so there's this, there's this priority, this hierarchy that says friendships submit to mission and purpose, mission and purpose submit to immediate family, that family is on top. Family is, has been and always will be the core of society. It is the core of society. 
And so God starts this nation with a family. He says, Abraham and Sarah, you are together. You, eventually, where the story goes is they give birth to Isaac, and Isaac gives birth to Jacob, and Jacob to Joseph, and Joseph is the one that takes them into Egypt, and the whole thing there, that the whole nation flows through a family. What that means is that we don't get to say, hey, wife, hey, husband, get out of the way, because this is the calling that God has for my life. That's not the way it works. It's not the way it works in the, in the, in the structure and the story that, that family is, is, is on top. But there's this hierarchy that says that friends in those relationships, they submit to the, the mission and purpose that God has for us, and they submit to the, uh, to the, the family relationships. Uh, there's, there's this order that, that is helpful in terms of, uh, of us making decisions. Here, let me uh, reread here. I, I think that's what, what we can say here. And go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. Uh, some of us, we live in Phoenix. Many of us are from other places. And so... So many of us have made a decision to leave a former group of friends, to leave uh, a country, to, uh, to leave another place in order to come to this place. I know some of your stories. I know some of you have left, whether it was a month ago or 10 years ago, you left dear relationships, significant friendships, because you felt like God had called you and your family towards something that was, that was different. And, and there are times when that's okay. It's, it's okay. It is difficult and it is painful, but it can absolutely part of, uh, be part of God's journey and his invitation for you to trust him more deeply by following him on a journey like that. It's, it's okay. It's okay because, because the, uh, the friendship relationship, it submits to the mission, the calling that God has for us. Let's say you were building a, a professional sports team. You're building a, uh, uh, a hockey team. I'll just say one. So you're building a professional hockey team. What's more important if you're, if you're building a team? That, that, the people, that the people get along or that the team is winning? Now, that's a little bit tricky because it's, it's super important that people on the team get along, but... The, the mission, the goal, is that you accomplish the task that you're assembled for. That the goal is to, is to win. That's the purpose. That's why you get together. That's why it's frustrating for some of you who are fans of a team and your favorite player gets traded. And you look at it and you go, no, that doesn't make any sense. We need to have that player on the team. No, there's, there's some hierarchy and there's some decisions that need to be made sometimes that involve finances and numbers and all that that says, you know what, it's better for us to swap out these two players. And it's painful for us because of the relationships that are involved in. But those relationships have to submit to the purpose and the calling of the team. Yes, the team needs to be relationally connected. The team needs to, you know, hopefully the more the team enjoys one another and, and lifts one another up, the better. That, that the team can really, you know, that your team in life, the team that you have assembled around you to do life together with, hopefully that is a, a great set of people and maybe you will, even, you will even be able to spend the rest of your life with that group of people. That's awesome and that happens. But sometimes that needs to be set aside lovingly for the purpose of the calling, the mission that God has for us. As painful as that is sometimes, sometimes that's 
what's, what's asked of us, and that's okay. In the next verse, God says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. God says, I'm going to do something new. I'm going to do something that, that hadn't been done before in the history of humanity. I'm going to gather a group of people, and, and I'm going to make you into a great nation, and I'm going to give you laws and rules and precepts and guidelines in terms of how to do life, things that the previous generations did not have. I'm going to provide this for you, and then you are going to, to, um, to, uh, to, become, to do this together. You're going to gather and do this together. This is something radically new that God was saying with a group of people. You're going you're gonna to be a nation and act and function and treat one another the way no other group of people has ever treated one another. I am going to do something new with you. And this is, this is still an important message for us today, that we are, we are a unit together. We are part of, of something bigger than ourselves. That there's language in the church about a personal relationship with God, that you have to have a personal relationship with God, and that's, and that's good. That's valuable in the sense that we each individually need to decide if Jesus is the Messiah, if Jesus is the Savior, and we each individually get to make that decision, and that's part of our journey. But it's not an ongoing personal journey that just involves you. It is a journey that we have to make together. We are a church, we are a community, we are a body, we are a nation, and we're designed, this whole thing is set up so that we do it together, so that someone can lift you up when you're in need, and you can lift someone else up when they're in need. That's the way this whole thing has been designed for thousands of years, and this message to Abraham was a huge relief. Here was verse 2, this is a huge relief. Message of encouragement to him because he just left all the people that he had known, his country, his friends, his greater family, all of that. He left that. He had his wife, Sarah, and he was 75 years old and they had no children and they were moving on to a new land. And God says, you will not be alone. You're not going to have to do this alone. That's a big promise. That's a big, beautiful promise. Now, they didn't know if God was going to bless them with biological children or if God was going to do something else in their journey to, to let them continue to be a, a part of something and not do this alone. But the message, the promise was, you will not do this alone. And the blessing for each and every one of us now today is that that promise carries over. It's not just for Abraham and stops there. It's a promise that carries over for us. You don't have to do this alone. Yes, there are times where we need to say, Goodbye to deep, beautiful relationships because of a journey that God has called us on. But even when that happens, and as painful as that is, you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to figure out life alone. You don't have to figure out God alone. You don't have to do this journey alone. It's a beautiful promise. God continues, I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I'll make your name great. Who doesn't want their name to be great? I mean, who doesn't want to leave a legacy? Who doesn't want good things said about us after we've gone? 
Now, who, who, when they were kids, didn't enjoy having their name said over the intercom at school? <laughs> we have a list of birthdays today. <gasps> oh, it's the greatest day ever. My name is going to be reverberating throughout the entire school. Who doesn't like to have their name heard? Who doesn't like to have their name heard in a, in a staff meeting where the boss stands up and says, so-and-so did an amazing job on this, pro- on this project. Let's, let's give him or her a hand, da, 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 and it's your name. Oh, really? No, it doesn't matter. No, inside you're going, my name is said over the intercom at school. You know, who, doesn't want to, who at a restaurant doesn't want to hear their name said because your table is ready? I mean, we, we, we love... We want our name, we want our legacy to be great. And what God says here to Abraham, your name will be great and it will be great because you will be a blessing. You will be a blessing. The second line here in verse two, I will bless you. And then the fourth line, and you will be a blessing. We are always blessed to be a blessing. That impacts our resources and all the things that God has blessed us with and provided us with. They're not just for you. They're not just a gathering for you. They are so that you and I can be a blessing to one another. This is the power of the nation, of the church, of the gathering of the people of God. That you are to be a blessing to him. And he is to be a blessing to her. And she is to be a blessing to you two. And everyone passes this around. And this is something that the world finds incredibly attractive. When the church doesn't just say, me, 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 but the church says, I am here to be a blessing to one another within the church and outside of the church, and the world is very much drawn to that, that there's a purpose for the blessing that God provides on us, and it's us to be a blessing to others. Then in verse 3, God says, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Again, Abraham, this is going to get started with you. But people sitting here in this room, we are ultimately blessed through the faithfulness of Abraham. Beginning of this verse says, I will bless those who bless you and those who curse you. I will curse. There is in those words, I think, a protection from some of the relationships that could hurt us, that could harm us, that could take us down, that could take us in a direction that we don't want to go. Here's here's good news that I think comes from this verse. The, The blessing and the curse promise to Abraham that I think is part of an ongoing nation that God is has been blessing for thousands of years. And here's the good news: you don't have to hang out with everybody. Yes, we are the church. Uh, Yes, we are a community. Yes, we love one another. We invite anyone and everyone, and it is an an open door, and bring and invite and love, etc., but you don't have to hang out with and be best friends with everyone that gathers in the church. For some of you, that may be the greatest thing you've ever heard in church. Some of you may have even for the first time considered saying amen, that it was right here and you just thought, no, I can't, I can't do that. But that, that is interesting because what about the people who drive you crazy in the church? What about the people who, uh, who you just struggle with because they're, they're hypocrites? What about the people that just seem to take you down a path that you don't want to go? 
that are just, it's just kind of struggling. We love one another. Absolutely, we are kind. We are thoughtful. We are, we are lifting one another up. We are encouraging one another in, in every way, in every possible way that we can. But there's, there's a time where we can say, you know what, I, there is a, there is a, um, there is a, a, a boundary that I say, you know what, I don't have to be best friends with everybody. I get to assemble the team that I believe God wants me to assemble in order to accomplish the mission God has for me. I get to assemble this team, this team. This, Jesus chose his group, and even he didn't make a make perfect choice with everyone he chose. But we get to choose the team of people that we do life with. There are some people who will bless you, some people that you will do life with, and um, and you are wise to schedule more time with those folks. And there are some people that, um, that I think we would be wise to limit the time that we have with them. I, in, in my life, I, uh, I want to hang out with apes. I want to hang out with, <laughs> with apes. A-P-E. I want to hang out with people who are active, who are positive, and energizing. I want to hang out with a bunch of apes. I want to hang out with guys who are active. What that means is these are people who are on the playing field with me. Yes, I mean, we're in church. We're doing life with all sorts of people and all that. Uh, but the people that I'm, that I'm choosing to be on my team are not the ones who are up in the stands pointing their fingers and yelling at me and telling me all that I'm doing wrong. I will listen to the guy who's standing right next to me, who's going in the same direction. We are doing this together. And he, and he uh, or she says, hey, you know, I got a suggestion for you. I got a, this, that, and the other thing. That's the person I want to listen to because we are active. We are doing this together. I will absolutely listen to you in terms of whatever you have to say in my journey. You are a blessing to me. And even your, your challenge to me is a blessing. I want to hang out with, um, with guys who are positive, and that means just what you would think it would mean. I mean, sometimes you're on the team and you're moving forward and there is an obstruction in the way. And then there are some people who just, oh, there's nothing we can do. And it's just kind of the, the downer, downer, downer. I got to limit the amount of time that I spend with the downer. I want to be with people who are going to say, you know what? This is a downer. But here's some options. Here's something that we could do to get around this. Let's keep, continue to move forward. I want to be with people who are positive. I want to be with people who are energizing. People that... Uh, that I look forward to spending time with, people, the team that I want to assemble are people that uh, uh, typically when, when, when we walk away from one another, I feel uplifted uh, and, and better because we spent time together. People who are energizing to me. I want to be an ape man. I want to be that kind of person. I want to be that in the relationships that I have. I want to carry that over. And life is not always great. Days are not always great. But I want to be active involved. I want to be positive. I want to be energizing. And I want to hang out with a bunch of apes. I want to hang out with that kind of people because we get to decide. We get to assemble our team. God, God says to Abraham, leave the people that you know. Stay with your family. Prioritize your family. That, that, the mission submits to the, to the family. And here, I'm going to start a new nation with you. I'm, I'm going to start a new nation, and it is going to be great. And you are going to be blessed. You and your family are going to be blessed because you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to go and figure out how to 
uh, take care of the land, how to take care of the animals, how to do sacrifices, how to, how to respond to God, etc. You don't have to do all that alone. You get to do that together. It's what the church does best. It's the greatest thing that the church gets to offer, that you can't get it online, you can't get it from any book, is the opportunity to actually do life with real people. You can't get it from your iPhone. It is something that we get to do together. It is something that that the church is the very best at. And you know what? When we do this, if we gather in a group together, you have something very powerful in common on day one. Either you are a follower of Christ or you are pursuing a relationship with Christ. On day one, you have that as something common to get together, and it's a powerful thing to join us together with one another. That the church is not perfect. None of these groups that are available are perfect. If you ever find a church that's perfect, don't attend, because you'll screw it up. Okay, that's kind of a thing. Mountain Park is not perfect. None of this stuff is about finding, you know, assembling the perfect team of people. There's always brokenness and you're broken and we all, we all do this together. But we get to assemble our team together. We get, to, we get to do this. God made this promise. You do not need to do this alone. So I'm going to wrap up here in just a minute. I told, those, told you I was going to let you out early. I want to give you time in the lobby. And what's going to happen here is uh, leaders are out there. They are at tables and representing uh, the groups that are available. There are a number of groups that are um, listed in this, in this Connect brochure. Uh, if you already have one of these, if you don't have, these are available in the lobby as well. You don't have to sign up for any group. Uh, you can, but you don't have to sign up. You can just go and get some information and take it home. And, and the groups don't start until next week, so you can kind of look through your schedule and see what might work. I highly encourage you to look at your schedule and then commit to a day. If you can only make one of the six times that the group meets, I would say no. I would say don't do that group, okay? So just see if you can work it into your schedule and commit to it, and you can sign up online uh, midweek. Uh, I do want to say, though, sometimes some of the groups do fill up, and so if there's something that is of great interest to you, please feel free to to jump in on that. But that's the whole deal. That's the whole response to this concept is, is that God started a new nation and promised Abraham, and through Abraham promises us you don't have to do this on your own. You don't have to figure out life on your own. You don't have to figure out your relationship with God on your own. We get to do this together, and it is a tremendous blessing. It's a tremendous blessing. Before I let you go and uh, find the group or find a a leader of a group, would you uh, bow your heads and pray with me? Father, I thank you for this ancient promise. God, I thank you that we don't have to do life alone. It's a beautiful promise because I know that even sitting in this room surrounded by hundreds of people it's very possible to feel alone. And, and you, you, don't, you don't ask us to continue in that spot. Yes, we have a personal relationship with you, but you want us to enjoy that relationship with other people. So God, I pray, I pray for any here in this room, individuals or, or couples or families who perhaps, perhaps have moved from somewhere else and, and just haven't feel like they've connected with others yet. God, I pray that you would bless this church. I pray pray that you would bless this this season of, of small groups. 
God, that there would be relationships and friendships and team members that would, that would connect with one another for your purposes and your glory, God. I pray that the, that, that hole in many of our hearts in terms of connecting with one another would be filled by the promises that you made thousands of years ago that are present here in this room, here in this lobby. God, I pray a blessing on all of it. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you guys. Go have fun exploring your groups, and we'll see you next time.